This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, this is Betting Weekly Premier League show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. Some big price winners last week. Credit to both of the boys, but it doesn't stop there. The standards are high. No one is getting the Salt Bay treatment in Dubai just yet. I can see you getting that, Nigel. Did you see Mikel Arteta? I did see Mikel Arteta. I'll be in Dubai <laughs> next month, but I'll, I won't be there. I, I, won't be, I definitely won't be I there. I thought that would be right up your street, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, uh, no, I, I, stayed, I went to his hotel where he's got one in Qatar. In Qatar. There was a, he was he was in staying in a hotel. I think it was, I can't remember what it was now, but it was right on the the Corniche there and, and he was a big he was there all security and Piers Morgan was having a stake when he was there oh really Christ. yeah well for Standard, me standards standards are reason to stay out <laughs> uh, in terms of the title race Man City are minus 177 now almost evens in running when 2-1 down at Newcastle I saw your tweet uh, Nigel joined the game and it was kiss basically, kiss you know, kiss of death for Liverpool. <laughs> that was if, New, if Newcastle had held on, it could have been different. It, it felt massive, didn't it, Nigel, that second half? It did. I mean, I, I go back many years ago. I remember when uh, Man United played Sheffield Wednesday and they scored two late goals and then come up. It was that mm. kind of feel to it that Man City sort of got, got some momentum. And I think the biggest part of the Man City and the reason why the market is reacting to them is Kevin De Bruyne um, coming back and scoring, and scoring a goal and setting, setting having an assist. I saw a very, very, very true tweet from someone on a, on a, a sort of a, a video clip. Oh, thanks, mate. Tipping up Kevin, no, not you. Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> tipping up, tipping him up a month ago to be the player of the year at 100 to 1. And the guy said he'd come back, they'll, he'll galvanise them, they're going to win you one lot, they do, he'll be yeah. fit. And 100 to 1, he was a great bet to win the player of the year. He's now 20 to 1. But what a great shout that was. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason why there's the big move for Man City. It felt a big, big win. They got De Bruyne back. Haaland is still not back, but they're doing so well without him. But listen, Liverpool, man, still good scoring goals, still creating chances. And that's that. the thing is here, I still think that Arsenal are taking up too much percentage of the book. I don't think, I think Arsenal gone backwards from last year. Mm. Um, and I think the price is a bit generous about the top two. I can see them pulling away now, them top two. Uh, some really good engagement on our YouTube channel last week. Mostly good. One or two that weren't, but they were proved wrong. Uh, a lot of you suggesting that City uh, were going to win and both teams to score. Yes. So some shrewd plays there. Let us know your best bets. We'll be happy uh, to reply. So get involved on our YouTube channel. Jack Villa dropped points last weekend. Not quite sure if they're in the title race anyway. But as Nigel just pointed out, Liverpool, Arsenal, it's a big weekend for them. City aren't playing. Those two teams had the weekend off with this mini sort of stretched out winter break. I mean, they both have got very winnable fixtures, but there's a bit of pressure on them maybe now. 
There is. It was a gut shot last week, wasn't it? They're looking at it going, Newcastle going to do us a favour. Man City are going to drop more points. Um, and now it's a case of, yeah, they, they can't let it slip. I think especially Arsenal at home against the side they're expected to win. Um, Liverpool have had good form. Arsenal haven't. They've, they've obviously had a bad run, lost the last three in all comps. So I think for them it's vital. They get, get three points and, and probably put in a decent performance as well. Three points, the most important thing there for sure. But yeah, they're going to be looking at that Man City and going, oh no, here, here they are again. And uh, we know what City are like in the second half of the season. So uh, yeah, vital that they um, they put out a little bit of a response at the weekend. Let's get into some selections. The boys were brilliant last week, uh, last weekend. So if you're tailing them, or if you did last week, you've got plenty in the account to, to reinvest. We're going to kick off with the 12.30 Eastern Saturday game, which is Brentford against Nottingham Forest. Uh, Brentford here are minus 114, Forest plus 320. They've been inched out after that epic third round replay in the FA Cup last night away at Blackpool, in which they looked to be cruising, pegged back, but then won in extra time. Um, Brentford, most probable side in terms of over two and a half goals in the EPL uh, this season uh, with uh, plus 424 to level stakes. Forest, though, have got a minus PL to level stakes this term. So the boys are going to have to square that circle because both have gone for the same selection. Nigel, I'll let you go first. Um, what's the play here and why do we like it? Well, I, how it happens on these bets, we don't discuss the bets. We put them into a WhatsApp group and we both happen to have the, the same bet here, which is over two and a half goals at minus 118. I think if I go through my stats, when you go first and someone's had a bet, you, you're more or less taking a bit of their thunder away. So they've got nothing to say when I go through it. So I was going to keep it brief so Jack can come in here. I mean, you, you've got to... The whole story about this match is going to be about Ivan Tony returning for Brentford. He's, he's after his ban. Um, he made a, a statement. He spoke to a good friend of ours, Darren Lewis, uh, Dan, didn't he? Uh, yeah. in, in a in a in a press conference and he's in in, in a, an interview and he said he wasn't going anywhere. And now he's saying, "Oh, I might go in January." So <laughs> you can see that he's going to come back. You see, he's going to come back hungry and he's going to come back firing with goals. Brentford are desperate for his goals. Brentford are desperate for him to come back. And guess this match is a huge, huge match between both of these sides at the bottom of the table. The winner here has a good chance of moving away. The loser is bang in the relegation mix. Some of these matches down the bottom this season, we've seen teams go all out. Jack will probably give me the stats on those kind of matches. But I just can't see this, these two sides settling for a draw here. I think they'll go all out for the win. The, t the Tony factor is going to be huge. That is the reason why that Brentford are minus 114. I actually was going to bet Brentford to win this match, but I thought I'd want at least like plus 120. Minus 114. They were even money when I looked yesterday. I thought that was too short. Now they're minus 114. It's all been factored in for Tony. Um, so that is a huge, huge move for a team that really haven't done anything this season. But goals is where I'm going to go. Um, if you look at Brentford's matches, four of the last five over two and a half goals, seven of the last eight both teams have scored. They're decimated by injuries, though, Brentford. If you, You've got so many Rico Henry uh, and Bomas out. Norgard is out as well. Uh, Tony comes in, but that, that only factors in a small price, the amount of injuries they have. And Forrest under Nuno uh, has been scoring goals. They, they're, they're a very different side. If you look at five of their last six matches on the road, all over two and a half goals. He's gone all out to attack here. They're missing so many players from the African Cup of Nations. That doesn't stop them. Both teams in midweek have played in the FA Cup and both have been involved in a high-scoring match. And I think the nature of this game, two, two seasons ago, you would say both sides would be settled in for a draw. The Premier League this year, it's all-out attacks. Got to win this match. Three points is huge. And I think over two and a half goals at minus 118. But the Tony factor is making Brentford an unbettable price here. The price is wrong. Minus 114 is the wrong price. It's been all about Tony. 
And I think as, if that keep, keeps contracting, then Forrest will eventually become a little bit of value. But initially, my first thought was to get with Brentford, but the line has just gone crazy. Yeah, the Asian line here, uh, you get Nottingham Forest uh, plus half a goal at minus 109. I mean, it might stretch to even three quarters of a goal, depending on on what the betters do. Um, as Nigel has alluded to, Jack, you're on the overs as well. Give us a little bit more uh, colour to the copy when it comes to the bet. Yeah, I think we're on exactly the same thought processes initially for me. Brentford as well was the play with Tony coming back or maybe a Tony Angle himself, but he's plus 100 to score, which I think is is plenty short enough. I wouldn't, I'd wouldn't, i want to be getting better plus money than that for him. Um, but yeah, this one does look like goals, doesn't it? This would be classified as a Steve Wiss theory game. So I'm interested to hear what Steve's thoughts are on this one as well. I bet he'll be on the overs here too. Basically, that means that two sides at the bottom of the table that you might think we're a tight and cagey affair will end up being a bit more of an open, attractive affair where they're both going for it. Nigel's touched on that this season. We've seen that in the Premier League. The likes of Sheffield United and Everton, five-goal thriller, 2-2, Luton versus Nottingham Forest, those sort of games. And I think we're going to get the same one here because both these sides can't really defend. They have got decent uh, abilities going forward. They've both been involved in in tough cup games in midweek, extra time. So defensive could be a bit sluggish, especially when you've got a fit and fresh Tony, hungry, as Nigel says, either looking to show his worth as the Brentford talisman, the man who's going to lead them away from relegation trouble, or do enough in the next couple of weeks to get one of the big boys to part with some big bucks and, uh, and get him in, in that team. I think Regayon's come in. Uh, from Spurs on loan. I think that's a great sign-in for Brentford. Attacking left-back, um, which they've missed with Rico Henry being out, is a pivotal part of their setup. So he'll be getting bombing forward and supplying the, um, well, Tony, really, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think there's goals in it, absolutely. Nigel's touched on the fact that Forrest are, are threadbare as far as the, their players being away at AFCON, most affected in the Premier League. Um, and, and and goals uh, have cashed in more Brentford home games than any other side in the Premier League this season. Eight of our 10 at home have seen over two and a half goals. Um, they failed to score just once in those games. They've only kept one clean sheet at home as well. The goal, the games averaged 3.5. Spurs, um, Spurs Forest, over two and a half uh, in, in four of their last five away from home as well. They conceded 13 across that period of time. So I think if, if Tony could handpick a, a game to come back for, it probably would be this one, to be honest. Their game's averaging 3.8 over that period of time. So this screams goals. An early one absolutely opens this up, and this could be absolutely anything. So a definite overs player. Just on Tony, before we move on, I mean, you've both talked about him. Obviously, he's the big story here. He's got to start for all the, the goal scorer markets uh, to kick in. I mean, you've already said, Jack, plus 100 uh to score is a bit skinny. I mean, Jack, do we do we go minus forty three not to score minus one forty three? Jack, no, no. Do you know what? I, this I, is I just think too much probably... worked into that price. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he, you know, I'd I'd want to be on him to score, but just not at that price, really. To be mm. fair, sometimes uh, you know, people go, oh, well, he scored doesn't necessarily mean it's the right bet to play it. For me, it's it's one to watch and wait for him to get his hat trick and cash our bet in the first half. That'll do. <laughs> Nigel to score, not to score. Well, he takes penalties, doesn't he? So that's a big, big factor. He takes the penalties. So in his, in his record of penalties, he's phenomenal. I don't think Alvin Tony would bet himself to score even money, to be fair. Easy, <laughs> easy. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's plus 270 to score first. Plus 100 to score at any time. Minus 143 not to score. Uh, yeah, in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have included this section. Plus 425 <laughs> to score two. 
plus 1500 for a hat trick and he's 55 to one to score four or more. That's Brentford versus Nottingham Forest. We like overs, as you've heard from the boys, minus 118 at the moment. That's uh, Brentford Forest, 1230 Eastern. Uh, Sheffield United versus West Ham, 9am on Sunday here. Uh, Nigel, you've got to play for us. Uh, Sheffield United plus 250, West Ham plus 117, which which seems short. They were knocked out the cup in midweek, of course, um, David Moyes just like they got roughed up a little bit by Bristol City and mm. let's face it they're going to get more of the same treatment at Bramall Lane aren't they with Chris Wilder's boys I was very very tempted to bet Sheffield's not on the money line here but then when I broke down their season and looked at the stats and looked at how absolutely dreadful they're I could I thought oh, I can't bring myself to bet mm. them um, but I do think West Ham are vulnerable here I really really do um, I'm going to go for Sheffield United plus a quarter of a goal. Now, if, you, if you're not really familiar with Asian handicap, what that means is that you'll have two wages effectively. One of them will be on the Asia, on the scratch or the draw no bet. So if it's a draw half, your wage will be a push. And the other one will be on uh, Sheffield United plus a half. So if Sheffield United win or draw, we'll be getting a uh, you know, full cash out. So basically, if Sheffield United draw the match, you'll get paid half your stake. So And the other half will be we void. So the only way we lose is if, if West Ham lose. Uh, sorry, if, if West Ham win. So... I'm getting with Sheffield United here. Now, there's a, there's a few reasons why I, I like Sheffield United winning this match. I think your point is exactly right there. I mean, I watched that match against Bristol City and West Ham were absolutely dreadful. They weren't at it at all. From the first whistle, uh, Bristol City put the tackles in, they roughed them up and West Ham did not like it. It was freezing cold conditions and the West Ham team wanted to be on the beach rather than be playing in that match completely. I think... The weather forecast for the weekend is going to, if it was really cold, like one degree or zero temperatures, I'd probably bet Sheffield United because the Sheffield United boys would come out with armless tops and, <laughs> and, and, and the West Ham boys would come out like Jack on the Christmas show. So I I, I, I would want to get with them if the weather was really bad because I think the conditions would make it a really, really high tempo match and Sheffield United get in their face. But I could see a little bit of improvement in Sheffield United under under the new manager, Wilder. Obviously, he, he's been there before. He knows the club. They haven't been getting results, but they have been improving. I mean, they got beat narrowly by Man City 2-0. They beat Brentford 1-0. I think it was in his first match. And then they lost in, in a heartbreaking fashion against Luton 3-2 in a match that really, on the stats, they, they shouldn't have really lost that match. So I can see slight improvements from Sheffield United. They're not going down without a fight. And that is what he wants, a fight. And if you give West Ham a fight, I think you've got the chance of turning them over here. So I'm going with Sheffield United on that quarter handicap. The other reason I like it is, is West Ham got a lot of problems in injuries and up front positions. Jared Bowen is a big doubt for this match. He's probably about 25% chance to play. Without him, where do they score? Antonio is out. Uh, Kufal is a doubt. Uh, ben Rama is suspended because he got sent off. You've got... Um, Kud, is it Kudos? Kudos, the, Kudos is Kudos, away, yeah. He's, he's been their best player this season. He's away on the AFCON as well. So they are really, really down to their bone, bare bones from an attacking sense. And Sheffield United are desperate for the points. The crowd will be up for it. Uh, they will be, this is really their last chance. If they win this match, it gives them a glimmer of hope. They've got a couple of winnable matches as well to come as well, or matches that they favourable. They, they, they think they may have a chance of winning it. And it's a big, it's just a season the final, I think, for Sheffield United. And I think the, the wetter, the colder, the more grittier it is to get into West Ham, I think they'll give them all kinds of problems. So I'm going to go for Sheffield United here, plus a quarter of a goal on the Asian handicap. I wouldn't put anybody off betting Sheffield United on the money line. And I think when we see the teams, if Jared Bowen doesn't start, which there is a huge, you know, there is a slim chance he doesn't start, but I think you'll see a big move for Sheffield United here because on the evidence of West Ham in, in the week, they will not fancy this trip at all. 
Yeah, stay across social media for that because a lot of the time the, the, the team news gets leaked just a little bit early. And if you're quick, if Bowen doesn't start, that plus 250 could look very big on the blaze to beat West Ham. We've got a little bit of a safety net. We're going to play a quarter ball handicap at minus 108 in the game between Sheffield United at West Ham, Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern kickoff. Uh, Bournemouth-Liverpool next for us, which is 11.30. Bournemouth plus 3.50 here, big as they have to be against the league leaders. Minus 143, Liverpool the draw, plus 3.35. Jack, this is a, just before we get into, into your play, this is a real busy period for Liverpool, isn't it? Because unlike a lot of the teams, they've not really had that break because they've been involved in um, in the League Cup semi-final. And that game against Fulham is not going to be easy. And Bournemouth, of course, unbeaten in the Premier League at home since, what, October. So just from a, a money line standpoint, do you think that the, the market makers have got it right? Um, yeah, possibly. This is a really exciting game. I think it's a, it is a pretty tough one to call. Obviously, no Mo Salah for Liverpool. That's been factored in to a certain extent. Bournemouth in great form. Um, I, I'd take Liverpool to edge it, but there's possibilities of Bournemouth on a, on a plus handicap here for certain. Um, but it should be very exciting, open, attacking, both sides going for it. Uh, you've listed Curtis Jones as a player to watch here. He's been brilliant recently. Talk us through your play. Exactly that. Curtis Jones uh, for a shot on target. So we are dipping into the prop market again. It was successful, obviously, last week. And I mentioned it last time around that because of the short, the limited options available, I thought we'd uh, use this opportunity to highlight the amount of markets available underneath the main ones for Bet, at Bet Rivers. And uh, the shot on target market is one of those. I've kept my eye on the price to make sure it was pretty static throughout the course of the week. And it has been. So we can play it here plus 128 for a shot on target. And you might look across his stats for the season and go, it's a bit of an odd play. He's not really been prolific in that department, but he's certainly one that came on my radar two or three games ago. He's now started the last three games for Liverpool. He seems to have got a lot more confident. Uh, he seems to have a momentum about him as well. Uh, and he's fitted into this side perfectly, just behind that front three for Liverpool. Of course, there's no Salah, but if any side can cope without Salah, it's probably Liverpool. Uh, Darwin Nunes, Diogo Jota um, and Luis Diaz, who's been back banging form. So exciting still going forward. There'll be plenty of opportunities for them. And Curtis Jones is just playing off that. And I think he's, his time of his runs into the box and his ability to shoot from outside the area could be pivotal in this game uh, with, with how Liverpool will attack it. Um, looking at his last couple of games, as I said, I've been on it personally. And it, it's been an absolutely fantastic option to take. Last home, last league game was against Newcastle. He had five shots, three on target. Last uh, game was against Fulham in the uh, League Cup. He had four shots, three on target. He scored in both those games as well. And I'm sure you'll come on to the odds for that uh, as a wrap-up in this selection. Um, but you look at his last three games, 10 shots across the board, six shots on target, uh, having started those last three. So absolutely superb. And I think against Bournemouth, they will go and attack Liverpool. This will be an open game. It will be end-to-end. Bournemouth did lose that last game against Tottenham. And so they ended their, their unbeaten run, but they went down swinging. And that's how they'll attack this game as well. They had 24 shots against Spurs, but Spurs did pick them off on the counter-attack at will. And I think that will be uh, certainly something that Liverpool will look to exploit here. And as I said, with those front three, Jones will be the one that will be looked to, to kind of supplement that, that mainline attack pick up the pieces around the box. So for me, this looks like a superb play in a game which does scream goals and end-to-end -end action, stretched, plenty of opportunities for those midfielders to get involved and uh, get on the score sheet. But reminder here, we only need a shot on target. Now, if he scores, fantastic. That counts as a shot on target. 
But if he just makes the keeper make a save, then that also counts as a shot on target as well. And we'll cash the ticket at plus 128. Plus 450 to score at any time, plus 1,050 to score first. Seems to be shouldering a lot more responsibility, Curtis Jones. He's driving them on, certainly did in that League Cup game against Fulham, as you referenced. The over and unders, incidentally, the line is three and a half goals for this one with uh, over just plus 116. So goals expected at the vitality. That game, 11.30 on Sunday morning, Eastern. Uh, 2.45 Eastern. On Monday afternoon, we go Brighton against Wolves. Both of the boys have got picks in this one. Brighton minus 167. Wolves, who were extra time winners against Brentford in the Cup in midweek, are plus 440 here. The draw plus 330. Seems a big price about Wolves, but uh, Nigel, uh, Brighton haven't played for 16 days. And given the way that they sort of run out of steam a little bit in the autumn with all of their European fixtures you tend to think this could be a reset for them and we could see the sort of real Brighton, if you like, what we saw right at the start of the season and for the most part of last year. You would expect that, yeah. And I, and I think they, they will. I think the big changing point for Brighton was that they went from being the overking to suddenly being the unders play uh, in, in before they had this little break of theirs. The trouble with them, they got a lot of players out injured. He players them, Solly Marsh, Mitoma. There's the players who, who aren't there at the club at the moment. So I think that's a big, big blow for them if anybody was looking at them. Uh, I think that um, their their aspirations of make maybe making the, the European football in in terms of their league position maybe a little bit behind them at the moment. I think there's other clubs in a lot better position, so they might go all out to win the Europa League, and they might all go out to win the uh, the FA Cup as well, which is which is probably going to be their priority now. But I think the way this match is set up in terms of the two managers who like to play football in a very very attack minded way, again, I think this could produce goals. I mean, this is a unbelievable thing for me to say I've got two matches and going over three is unheard of. I mean, that is unbelievable. And I'm going over three here at plus 105. I mean, as I say, Brighton this season at home, seven of their matches have been at least three goals out of 10 matches this season. Five would have cashed over three. Two would have been a push and three would have lost. And two of those three come in their most recent matches. So they sort of went from being the both teams to score certainties, bankers over two and a half, over three and a half goals. But I think they'll come back. And the way this match will play, I think this will, will reduce goals. In the return fixture, uh, earlier in the season, Brighton went up towards the Molyneux and did a number on them. They won 4-1 in a really brilliant performance. I mean, not many teams will go to Molyneux this season. I don't think any team will go to Molyneux this season now and put in that kind of result. Wolves have been transformed under Gary O'Neill this season. I mean, again, I've got a running nose. Every time I speak to you, I start sneezing. And I've got I don't know, it's an allergic reaction coming through the Zoom screen here. <laughs> Anyway, they've been transformed under Gary O'Neill this season. I mean, I, I I used to think the Wolves were probably one of the most boring like teams that are just under certainties, draw a half-time. Because looking at the results under Gary O'Neill, you can click through the results at Wolves matches. They're like 3-1, 4-1, 3-2. They're just goals all the time. In 24 matches this season for Wolves, they failed to score in just, one, uh, just two matches in all competitions. And one of those was in that very first match of the season when they played Man United. And there was that huge... VAR decision that went against them. So and they were they battered Manchester United in that match and come away losing 1-0. So they've completely transformed their their way they play. Last six matches, Wolves, at least three goals have been scored in five of them uh in their last six matches. So you see the whole top team has been changed. Another club that I think will be looking at winning the FA Cup or going deep in the FA Cup. The only worry for Wolves betters here, and the reason why I think Brighton probably will edge it despite their injury concerns, is Wolves have a huge, huge, huge FA Cup game next week against West Brom, their local rivals, which is going to be absolutely massive. So I think that Wolves may 
prioritise the FA Cup ahead of this match. I know it sounds silly, and I know some people have given me some abuse and stick on the on the on this channel before for that reasoning. But Wolves West Brom for their fans will be a much much bigger game than Brighton against Wolves in the Premier League. Um, it's going to be huge, and I think that Wolves have got a, if they get past that, they've got a real real realistic chance of winning the FA Cup. And um, yeah, I think Brighton will probably edge it, but I do think goals, and I think over three goals here at plus one hundred five. So three goals as a push is a much better pick on the odds than taking the two and a half at heavy minus money. So yeah, goals again for me, unheard of two matches over two and a half goals and two, two match, two picks over two and a half goals in one and over three goals in another. I can't believe what the world's going. And my third pick is going with Sheffield United. So what on earth have I been drinking this week? I don't know. But anyway, well, Brian... I, I, I could say obviously not enough to go over three and a half at plus one sixty. Now, now, you might be. That's a step too far. I'm, I'm it's a step with, too far. I'm happy with myself. I like the push. We'll, I, like, we'll, I love the three. I love the three, we'll, I love the three we'll, goal marks. We're gonna, we're gonna wean. Look, listen, listen. I'm happy the way that that you're going this season, Nigel. Doctor to patient here. We started you off at sort of you know <laughs> my, mine under two and a half. Then we got you to sort of you know plus two. Then two and a quarter. Well, then to over two and a half. Can I just you're, say something? You're you're getting you're getting to three. Don't no. worry, by the end of the season, you'll be over four and a half. It'll be like the Estonian first division. Do you know what? Listen, I'm not RJ. Let me tell you one thing. Um, let, me tell you, let me tell you one thing, right? If you had said to me a year or two years ago that it's the coldest day of the year in England, minus mm. six, and I'm mm. filming a podcast, and I'm going over three goals in a Wolves <laughs> match, I would have said, Dan, you are absolutely <laughs> off your head. There's no way in a million years that would happen. Uh, and it's happening. Incredible. This is it. Hey, You've got to adapt. You've got to adapt. As we listen, said, listen, here. listen. There's there's nothing wrong with change. Embrace it all. Um, uh, no change for Jack, or certainly in the last couple of shows, because uh, as Jack has suggested here, it's a, it's a shortened programme. Uh, only the five games to look at. So prop bets we go to, but we're focusing on this game as well. Jack, what have you got for us in Brighton Wolves? If I ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm going down the goal scorer route again. And and again, I, I exactly the same thing. I looked at this game and I thought there's goals in it. Brighton's uh, inactivity for the last 16 days is a massive boost, I think. And uh, I said a chance to go back to where they were at the start of the season. No coincidence, I don't think that they've, uh, picked up the pace a bit since their European campaign has, has been put on hold and they obviously qualified and they'll pick up again in March. But I, I think, uh, you know, that last home game, they looked back to their best, didn't they? They beat Spurs 4-2, raced into a four-goal lead. And um, that was what the Brighton we had seen at the start of the season had um, in store for us. So expect similar here against the Wolves side. And, and as Nigel said, Gary O'Neill's responsible for retiring the nil-nil detector and sending it off to mm. the Natural History Museum. Mm -hmm. He's partly, uh, <laughs> mainly responsible for that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as I said, we're, we're on board with the, the Nigel over better Seeley here and if there's going to be as i expect as well three minimum four five goals in this game and also like nigel i fancy brighton to shade it we're looking at brighton getting two or three goals here or more and therefore i'm going to side with uh, that top goal scorer joao pedro this is a very similar bet to the cole palmer bet that everyone seemed to like last week he obviously liked it because it won um and we're going with brighton's top goal scorer against a side that um look vulnerable for goals and he's in top top form at the moment. Nine goals in his last 11 games. Um, he scored two in his last outing, which was in the FA Cup against Stoke. Uh, he scored um, in both his last two home fixtures for Brighton as well. 
one in the league, one in the Europa League against Marseille. And obviously, we'll come into this fresh. I haven't had that 16-day recovery. Uh, so he's a vital part of Brighton's side. He'll he'll play on the left-hand side, which most of their attacks go down. 40% of the attacks go down the left-hand side, featuring him. Um, he's he's absolutely cemented himself in his start and lineup. And, and Wolves' vulnerabilities are a little bit as far as the, the right-hand side is of their defence is concerned. So it's a perfect matchup, similar to what we talked about last week with the selections there. And also, if you remember last week, I mentioned that the fact that Fulham had conceded the joint highest amount of penalties in the Premier League was a good reason to be on Cole Palmer, who was on spot kick duty for Chelsea and Julia Blige on as well. It couldn't have gone any better. Well, one of the sides that they were joint most conceding penalties alongside was Wolves. And Wolves are here. Look, you look at um, João Pedro. He's on penalties for Brighton. He scored four out of four in the Premier League this season. He scored four out of four in the Europa League. So eight penalties for Brighton already this campaign across the two competitions. And as far as Wolves are concerned, they conceded two in the reverse fixture. Two penalties in the reverse fixture, which João Pedro scored both of them. So it all adds up here for the top goal scorer in a game that screams goals against a side that concedes penalties for the guy on penalty taking duties to step up again and cash a bet. And there's even better odds than what we got last week for Cole Palmer here. Uh, with um, with João Pedro. Um, I've forgotten the odds. What is it? Plus 210. That's the one. Plus 210. So it was plus 180 last week for Carl Palmer. Plus 210 this week. And uh, it looks exceptional price. And I'm bang up for this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I, I like the Cole Palmer play. Um, I mean, you explained it brilliantly. And the fact that he didn't actually play sort of as the furthest forward player as he did against Middlesbrough because, because Breuer played. But in a way... Yeah. You, you tend to think João Pedro is even better value really here at plus 210. I think it's because it's it's Brighton and it's not Chelsea, but I think it's a terrific bet again. It's, plus better, it's better value. Yeah. It's better value because the goal line's higher. I mean, last yeah. week we, we were saying that the, the you know, in, in you look at our bet last week, I mean, Cole Palmer was a brilliant bet last week and the reason Jack gave for it was it was an exceptional one, but it was quite a fortunate bet because there was only one goal in the game. You yeah. know, and, and, and this one here, we're saying we're, we're betting over three. We made a brilliant case for a goal score. We, we last week we were betting unders, so we, we called the gap match complete. This one is even better bet because we think there could be three or more goals. So yeah, I like this, I like that a lot. Don't start saying that. That's a curse when you start saying that. Jao Pedro <laughs> plus two ten, two ten for Jack. Um, we've covered four of the uh, five games this weekend. Disappointed that no one's gone for a draw given the fact I told you to bet the draw from here on in. If you had it done, you'd be plus seven up. The return on investment of 114%. Just keep your eye on that. There's um, three games that are three to one or bigger for the draw this weekend. Anyway, that's my particular <laughs> bets. Um, Arsenal, Arsenal, Nigel's not having it. Arsenal versus <laughs> Crystal Palace. We haven't covered this one. It's the early game on Saturday. So we'll just get your thoughts on this before we wrap things up with best bets. Arsenal are minus 335 here. Uh, Nigel, Palace plus... 950 draw plus 460 over and under two and a half minus 130 over could be a play under plus 105 any thoughts on the game uh arsenal palace well arsenal are very very heavy favorites with better as well about minus 350 or minus, minus 335 minus 335 i mean you've got to be very very brave man to bet them so you, and, and put them in a parlay or a money line. minus 360 now sorry yeah, there's money for them and there's been money for me in the last 24 hours i saw that but um I, I, you know as well as me, me, Dan. I mean, anyone who doesn't know Dan's background, Dan is um the voice of at the Emirates. If you go to the Emirates of London, you'll see every match at home. Dan is uh, commentating on for the Arsenal match. 
the Emirates is a very, very different place when the pressure's on. It's like, you know, when they're winning, they're all, they're all kids. You go down there, they're all like 18-year-old kids who've never seen nothing. Hey, Arsenal going to win the league and all that. When the pressure on they, and they lose a couple of games, it changes. I think this has got a real big match feel to it, Arsenal, for Arsenal season. They've got to win this match. If they don't win this match, they're in trouble. And I think the Emirates will be nervy. I think it'll be really, really nervy there. And I can sometimes when you go down there, the players don't get into their stride. The crowd get on their back quite quickly. And I think this will be a struggle for Arsenal. I think they'll probably have enough to win it because they'll have enough possession and they'll break them down. But I think if you're looking for a prop, if I was having a, if I was going to the Emirates and I was having a 20 quid bet or something to give me some interest, I'd bet draw half time, Arsenal full time at three to one. I think the first 45 minutes will be cagey. And you've got to remember, Palace have got a good record against Arsenal, but Arsenal have only won one in the last five at home to, to Palace. So I think this will be quite a cagey match. I'd go for, Arsenal will win it eventually, but I don't think it'll be, I think, and, and I think that crowd will become very, very edgy. If they don't score early, so I'm going to go for draw half time, Arsenal full time, three to one. I, I think that's not that's a fair play. I mean, I, it's one of those. I mean, Betrid has got great in play markets. If if you're watching the first sort of ten or fifteen, if Arsenal don't break through, it is one maybe to get in place somehow with Arsenal. Obviously, if you're taking pre match that draw, Arsenal half time, full time will be will be bigger odds. But it, one to watch for me for the opening ten or fifteen before you dive in, if. You want to side one way or the other on the money line. Um, Jack, any sort of angles in for you on this one for a lean? Yeah, looking at a couple of the props markets here because the others doesn't don't really appeal to me in this one. Hence why we, we swerved it. Um, Martinelli's got a good record against uh, Palace, scored in both games last season. Palace, I, I, what I like when I'm looking for this sort of bet is is a, a player to capitalise on a, the opposition's weakness. Their weakness is a little bit down the right-hand side for... Um, for Palace, so uh, Martinelli will be down there. He's been a regular starter for Arsenal. He scored in both fixtures last season. He's plus two thirty-five to score at any time. So I think that's a an option. Um, but what I do really like here is a Palace player. One of our favourites, of course, is Eze, and he's a plus one hundred seven for a shot on target, which is uh, he, he achieved in both fixtures last season as well. And one of those, I think he came on for about eight minutes and he managed a shot on target in that period of time as well. So plus money for one on target, something that he does very regularly. And he'll be their key operator, of course, with uh, Noah Lise in the lineup, likely. It's also an early kickoff down as well, which is yeah. obviously that's that's mm. the curse of the, the favourites. And obviously the players don't like it. Coming back from a bit of a break and playing an early kickoff. They've been in Dubai, haven't they, Arsenal? I don't yeah. think they're going to cut the... They're not used to the weather conditions, that's for It'll sure. It'll be a bit different, that's for <laughs> yeah, certain. yeah. 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 Yeah, it'd be an one, interesting one. Uh, one, one final pick, by the way, just that. Well, not a pick, but uh, Aline, people have asked me about like that assist market from last week, obviously, which uh, cashed well. So people have grabbed, grasped hold of that. The one that did stand out, and it's for a reason that um, Nigel touched on in his game, Sheffield United, again, who I, I'd probably fancy as well against West Ham. West Ham were ter terrible against uh, Bristol City in midweek, but the only way they looked like scoring, and even more so probably with all the players that are out this time, is from a set piece. And you've got James Ward-Prowse on set pieces there. And Sheffield United are a little bit vulnerable from set plays into their box. So um, that would be probably the the assist of the weekend if I was looking for that. But uh, yeah, it, they, they, it can assist a consolation after Sheffield United take a comfortable lead, maybe. <laughs> James Ward-Prowse, look out for uh, the uh, former Saints player when it comes to uh, the prop bets for that game between Sheffield United and West Ham. Uh, we talked about all the games. We need some best bets before... We let the boys uh, escape for the weekend. Uh, Nigel, what's your best play uh, across this week? Uh, oh, this week's five matches. Go on. Over two and a half, Brentford Fulham. Uh, yeah, Brentford Forest, sorry, minus 118. 
Is that is that? I think that's the first time your best bet's been in overs because your best bet was under last week. That's <laughs> yeah. the best. So so you yeah. you you, you, cut, you cut, I was going to say coming to the dark side. I think I think we're taking you from the dark side to the light. You're seeing the light, Mister CD Jack. What's what's your best play? <laughs> <laughs> Shut the blinds. <laughs> Jack, what's your best play this weekend? Well, obviously, I very much agree with Nigel's, uh, but I'm going to go with Curtis Jones for a shot on target. I think that's a nice, nice value, nice price there. Those are the best bets uh, of the boys this weekend. Nigel, Jack, thanks for your company. Good luck with your picks. Uh, that is a wrap for week 21, part two of Betting Weekly Premier League show. Uh, we are off next week as it's the FA Cup fourth round, but the boys no doubt will be across social media with some picks over the course of next weekend. So watch out uh, for that. For now, though, from all of us, it is goodbye.